guys. Welcome to our Wakanda Forever episode of Geeks and Peaks. We're so happy to share our thoughts with you. So just sit back and relax. So I feel like we got to just like get the elephant in the room out of the way is a fucking Marvel opening credit scene because I went to go see this movie with my brother and my younger brother and we were watching in the beginning and I realized like, oh, they're going with pretty much the same cause of death for T'Challa as Chadwick, which I absolutely thought was like a really tasteful and like well-written way to do it because i was so scared they were gonna try to like cgi him into a scene or something i was yeah, so worried that. i was really scared and then that. um but i was like okay you know this is sad but i got this i got this and then that <laughs> marvel credit scene came up mm-hmm. with and it was just silent and it's like bro people were talking about and i can like agree about how they almost suffocated because like trying to like be quiet and not cry while the theater is dead silent <laughs> you're just choking on your own tears <laughs> <laughs> and I was, bro, my little brother's next to me I'm trying to like thug it out bro. I'm like, <laughs> I think that was such a beautiful aspect of the movie is that the movie is about it has, it has so many layers to it but one of the biggest aspects of it is obviously loss and grief and yes. the movie did such a smart thing by giving us those moments of silence and some people may not have caught on to that but I think that that was mm-hmm. what I kind of picked up was that there was no songs there was no like you're gonna sit with how you feel for a second yeah and this man a moment of silence yeah I'm kind of like also I heard I forget who said it so I apologize for this but they basically said how this movie really allowed people to have their closure and say goodbye to Chadwick as an actor because you know people didn't know him personally but people yeah. still really resonated with him with the character yeah. that he played especially Tatala so like I really props to Ryan for that Ryan Coogler for that Dude, the fact that I was like hoping and I knew that they were going to do this, like they would n- ditch the whole fanfare music because there's just no mm-hmm. place for it in this type of yeah. movie. I just felt like it would yeah. be so out of yeah. place to add any sort of fanfare whatsoever. Even a sad song, like just have it be silent. Let people right. think about it for a second. You know what I mean? Right. And like them doing that, and it was so, it was just so sad and so pan, like it was like a panicky sadness because it opened from the opening jump. It was just like you knew what was going on. You, you knew, saw how Sherry's face was and saw her manipulate. You knew what it was. Like I knew immediately what it was right and like yeah. when her, when ramona came out i saw her face i was like dude this is crazy mm-hmm. sad the and silence in the theaters sure oh was God. like it was it was so like it's so frustrating because you see you know the real world answer to most of these things you know so we have to step that aside and look at the mcu answers to these things and seeing shuri as a character have her amazing gifts but she can't she can't she she it's not like she didn't try you know it's just that it's 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 what happened unfortunately and she couldn't she couldn't save her brother and it's such a it's such a a powerful thing i think because it touches on faith on when she talks about um and it was crazy because the day of the movie i remember me and justin were having conversations about faith and like spirituality and like i I literally watched this movie and it literally just took off on like the same beat and like the way sherry talks about like why would they give me these gifts if i couldn't save my brother and sometimes there's not re- like like namor says like there's not really answers for those things but i think that the movie did a really good job of doing a journey through grief that is realistic it's unique it's specific no Matt. i i agree um i i was with the opening scene alone i, I was just like I knew it was going to go down a path of like I knew what the movie was going to be about like I knew the, what the opening scene was going to be probably um, positioned towards like I, I but I wasn't ready for it that's the thing I, I thought I would be ready for it and then when it happened I was like wow how do we even go from here like when it hit the Marvel fanfare or whatever I was like we're, we're what's next you know what I mean how do I even recover from this and the movie did a great job overall of balancing that sadness with like kind of 
like you know relief like they still had comedy in there and they still had like uh, some sort of happiness it wasn't just a completely just dreary just nothingness but like right. they they set this the mood from the opening jump saying hey this is not only dedicated to Chadwick but this is also going to be a mourning period for all of us all of us we're gonna we're gonna like move on together and I was in a full crowd because we went um one of my organizations from my, in my college we went together as a student body almost um to a theater um one of our theaters and we like all went to see it and like these are some people that aren't into Marvel as much they don't know much about it like, but they care about Chadwick right so like they were immediately just in in the movie and everybody was just like in the movie 100% even people who don't watch superhero movies so this movie was special on like so many different levels yeah. I, mean. I thought it was great to see the the Waka- I guess like the the Wakandans like the way that they um yeah the way yeah. they grieve but it's like it's like yeah. a celebration kind of yeah. yeah like that was that yeah. was interesting to see and I think that kind of put me at peace a little bit because like we have an understanding through our culture of like death and things like that but Wakandans obviously have a different understanding of it where to them it's like a stepping off point so seeing like you see a Koye in the Dormelage like they're 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 very like kind of distraught or sort of like like kind of breaking down but they're trying to hold it together and then everyone around yeah. them are dancing like that was kind of like a sight to see yeah well even yeah. then like actually it touches on like some of the black community within america as well like you know whenever there's like a funeral you know of course you don't have people that are mourning that are close close, yeah. close but even then like during the funeral service there's like so much like music and celebration of life and yeah no i remember yeah. the first time i went to a like a, a white person's funeral that was like a friend and it was a bit of a culture shock because everyone Everyone is so, and this isn't even like like shit talking at how anybody handles grief, but everyone was like so stoic. Like I remember like I was crying, some other people were crying, that we would kind of get weird looks from people or like we had this moment where we were like telling jokes and kind of laughing and people were kind of side-eyeing us like, what are you doing? And I remember just being so confused because I've been to a lot of funerals, like some, because um, I'm not a Christian myself, but like I grew up in the church. And so um, it, I don't know, it's kind of like this understanding that like everyone goes to the funeral when someone dies even if you didn't know them even if you're like seven years old so i've been going to tons of funerals since i was a little kid and the first time i went to like a non-black funeral specifically a white funeral and then like the <laughs> i don't know like it is like even it's like with like the, yeah, a different vibe. it's a different vibe, yeah, it's a different vibe. <laughs> we handled grief like in the west end and it was just and i remember like that was what i saw in black panther was a bit more familiar to me like still yeah. like not exactly how but i was like this is yeah. how i'm used to like you know what i mean to this yeah. stuff being done and so, yeah. no i was i was gonna say like no yeah i i totally under i totally get that like it was it's definitely a different vibe when it comes to like you know celebrating life and then like you know being upset that they're gone like you can be upset that they're gone but in my personal i'm not trying to like gatekeep how it is to grieve but like in my opinion i feel like you can be upset but also understand that like they've moved on to another point at least right. in, my, in my personal opinion you know what i mean so yeah. like be happy yeah. also celebrate the fact that they they've lived a life at all you know what i mean right in yeah. my opinion no i was gonna i was gonna literally just ask you literally oh. how do you what do you I, think about I, it I guess my, like, watching the movie, the person that I relate to the most in terms of grieving is probably Nakia because yeah when when like i don't go to funerals like when people pass away or things like that i just don't like I, i'm not built like that you know i'm a firm person who's self-aware not built like that so i i don't and when she talks about habits as quotes of the day um when she talks <laughs> about uh like she was afraid of how final the the funeral might feel or the service might feel i i completely yeah. understood that like yeah when I, that was a refreshing thing to see like i feel like there's so much in each character with their own respective arc that you can probably relate to or even see yourself in a little bit, regardless of who you are, or where you fall. Yeah, we- well, I 
I would no, say go ahead, go ahead, Zora. to the most probably a Shuri um, from the aspect of being someone who's not necessarily very spiritual and then everyone around you's way of coping is like in a spiritual way. So you're being told like, oh, like they're here with you or like you can be like rest assured that they're going to be on the other side or and then it's, it's like a very frustrating thing because it's like the way you cope and the way you believe doesn't match those people around you. And so people's way of helping is like not helpful. But then like if you snap at them, then like you're the mean one, you know, and so yeah. like it's kind of like this this grip of being like when you're so into and that that is part of Shuri's art, you know, whether she comes to like believe in stuff or not is like when you come to like see people and understand people as like physical and like experiences, then like when that person's gone, I'm not gonna say it hits you harder, but it hits you in a way that makes it difficult to grieve compared to other people who may have those spiritual beliefs or who may have those spiritual connections. Because she's like, you're sitting here being like, oh, like you can feel him in the breeze. Like that's wind. Like that doesn't help me. Like my brother is not here. And y'all are like, y'all are over here like, oh, like he's on the astral plane with the Panthers. It's like, okay, but he's not here with me yeah. physically yeah. talking. Yeah. To me. So that's not helpful. (laughs) And so like, and eventually I love how like, it is like this balance of where she doesn't like completely 180 to be like more like her mom or anything to where her belief system changes. But she, I don't know, like there's like a bit of a give and take, I think like where she was able to progress this moment to be like, okay, just because someone's not physically here with us, does you know what I mean? Like, does not mean that they are not with us in other ways. Like, just because someone has passed on and is dead doesn't mean that we have to, like, shut them off. Like, she learned to accept that without necessarily having to believe things exactly as other people believe them, which I thought was, like, really nice. Because um, that is, like, a difficult thing to handle where you don't want to, like, look down on religion or spirituality or anything, especially when it's so ingrained in culture. But then at the same time, you don't want to, like, necessarily, like, disregard guard someone else so i personally thought they did that well and i definitely like related to her and how she was trying to like grieve someone and then the way people are trying to help her is not a way that's helpful to her if that makes sense yeah what do we what do we think of um of riri williams because i wanted to like talk about her like i love her i love her oh my god i liked her i thought i i thought she was fun you know like i don't think she had a lot of character depth. I don't, let me, I don't know about I, that. let me rephrase it. I don't mean, how about this? She's like a three-dimensional person, but she's not mm-hmm. the focus of the movie. So obviously we don't Load get the to snipers know her immediately. As, we don't get we don't, the guns <laughs> in range. <laughs> we don't get to know her as well as we get to know like Shuri or Okoye or Nakia because you know right. she's kind of like a side character so yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm like super attached to her but I enjoyed her I, I like the little snippets that we got and I think it's good setup for us to see her in future projects like That's I genuinely I gonna, like seeing yeah. her on screen I cared mm-hmm. about her and I was interested in her and I going in I thought like if you know Riri is going to be in the movie then it's fairly obvious that the scientist they're talking about is Riri Williams but I remember before going in and I was uh, hearing some people talk non-spoilery about things they didn't like and a lot of people said they felt that the conflict was forced and so but I remember going in and I watched it I was like this doesn't seem forced like this yeah, this seems very uh, I said on Twitter, feasible yeah force is the most overused word of all time but like with Riri Williams I, I, I think it was a tease like they usually do this the MCU formula for introducing new characters they tease yes. them in other projects and then they get their own show but yeah, that isn't new. Spider-Man. Yeah. 
True. No, but my yeah. thing is like this is the best example, of, at least in Phase Four, of a character being introduced because we look at like retroactively, like for instance, Scar. That's one of the problems I have with She Hulk. But you look at Ruby Williams and how she was so integral to the plot, even mm-hmm. more so. I'm not saying characters kind of was different, but even more so to me and America Chavez to the to this specific plot. What did what what is it with you and America Chavez? What did she do to you? <laughs> I don't have no no no. It's giving it's giving Akon. I'm so lonely. Like it's giving no, no, very no. obsessed. No, I just think. I just think she was a little bit more integral. I, like I I'm said, playing. She was, I'm, like, I'm, playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. So, I'm playing. <laughs> but to this movie, if you if she didn't develop the thing that she did, then there would be no movie. You know. Yeah, so that's, that's why right. I'm like she was so like she was necessary to this movie for the plot to progress. Yeah, that's I, also what confused me when people were saying that like, oh, Riri's like so forced and shoved in. But I was like, the plot only exists. Right. Be- like, right. Like, this like, like, is why just like smile and nod. Sorry. Like, and it's like, it's just, it's a funny predicament, but it's one that makes sense. Cause you think about it. She's this super prodigy genius. And there are cases of this in real life where people are still in college and the US government right. is having them like work on stuff and they don't always know what it's being used for. Like that right. is a real thing that happens. And so yeah. now you're like, okay, I'm like doing the school project and they tell me I can make this thing. And now like people are trying to kill me and people are trying to, and I and I like how, I, I, I thought it was very realistic how she is like equal parts mesmerized by the Wakandans, but also equal parts hesitant because, yes, yeah. because like, obviously she's like excited. She's like, okay, this is cool. Like you're Wakandans, like you're a princess. But it's like, at the same time, they're like this fish man who lives in the water and has wings <laughs> on his feet. Um, <laughs> he wants to kill you. So we have to take you to another country. You may have no contact with your family to tell them where you are Is that, going. Is that, is that really, is that really so hard to believe in the and MCU, also, though? The Truth. government is outside right now. Like, I guess my whole, thing with, my whole thing with Riri Williams is that two things. One... I find her so charismatic. And when I said that I believe she stole every scene she was in, I meant it. I loved her. I couldn't like keep my eyes. I thought her so funny. Like, I don't know. I loved her too. I feel like she works into the plot very well because not only is she kind of, how do I say this? Not only is she kind of the center plot, if you remove her, there is no plot. Um, the the thing is that she's a good example of the consequences of T'Challa opening up Wakanda to the world. Because him opening up Wakanda to the world is, is what drives the necessity of the machine. So she ties into not only this movie really well, but even the previous Black Panther movies well. Or the Black the previous Black Panther movie. I don't know why I said movies, I'm sorry. I'm I'm like on two drinks of energy drink right now and I'm, my mind is fried. Um <laughs> but just burn some incense that's what i'm doing i will say that the thing about ironheart that i will stand by is that i love her i love the suit I think the suit is amazing. I like the suit. No, I don't know why suit. anyone didn't like the suit. I don't care that it's all big and clunky. Again. I think it looks neat. Smile and nod. Another smile and nod. No, I will not smile and nod. I will smile and fight I someone. I thought that it was obvious CGI, but it didn't look bad because yeah, I feel yeah. like. People have this thought process of like, oh, if I can tell it's CGI, yeah. then that automatically means it looks bad. And if that's Cinema how it is sins, for them, yeah, okay. CinemaSins has ruined us. Because like, <laughs> like, now everybody's looking so hard them, at everything. Everybody's if that's looking how it so is for them, I feel bad for them. Like, exactly. rest in peace to right. you. Like, if you, but, like, that's if you were problem. watching that, you're like, oh, I hate this suit. I hate the suit. Like, she is out here I, flying in the, the air CGI shooting people. CGI looks like Spy Kids 3, you know, I might, I might have a little problem with it. I'm gonna still eat it up. I don't care. Spike is no, but <laughs> the, the thing is, Laura, I agree. 
agree with no i i agree with your example but the thing is that they're really misusing that spy kids 3 meme yeah because no I, they're, they're misusing it because they'll look at something <laughs> like multiverse of madness which i don't think it has bad cgi there are parts but the I parts you're either. talking about don't aren't, aren't the bad ones you're referencing yeah. like there are parts of it that could use work but that's not what you're referencing so it's like the things that they're saying they're like this is spy kids it's like bro no it's not well like, even then it's like we we're not going to act like Power Rangers and Kamen Rider doesn't have like a huge franchise built on Brett that guy. So like, like I don't want to hear that argument. I always <laughs> tell people I'm a Doctor Who fan. You will never catch me talking too hard about special effects. Listen, listen. The way I have to watch them trash cans roll around. No, because Zora, you're so correct. Life. Do you know how hard it was? I w Oh my God. When the Flash was coming out on the C CW... Stop it. I used to Stop get clowned every day. I every they were clowning my ass. I couldn't I, show my face in public. But guys, they're a billion dollar franchise. They're not allowed to make mistakes <laughs> like everybody else. Also, I guess this is just like a segue mistakes. because we don't want to turn this into like us arguing against invisible haters. But I do do want to <laughs> give a friendly reminder to people that yes, these are billion dollar companies, but real regular people work for these companies. Exactly. Sometimes they're right. overworked. Sometimes yeah. they're only given so much budget. Sometimes you know what I mean. So like keep that in mind because I feel like people see like uh Bob Chappelle and they're like every single person who works for yeah. any Disney yeah. properties making like ten Should million be. dollars a year, and that you know like some of these people are making the average 40 to 50k a year like they're getting like pushed and extended on projects and so like yep. if you're gonna like criticize the movie or criticize something about it that's fine but keep in mind what you're criticizing who you're there criticizing are budgets. and yeah right and the fact that there are people who have limitations and that these billions of dollars aren't going into everyone's pockets i was laughing <laughs> i said i said and i quote and i'll stand by this even the largest franchise in the world has budgets like, yeah. like you're gonna look me in the eye and you're gonna tell me that you think that in game avengers in game <laughs> <laughs> and and wandavision are gonna have the same budget yeah come on be you real think they were working with equal amounts of money can i i'm just gonna have to say it for everybody and you guys could be like oh of course the girl adjacent one. listen everyone in this movie was so attractive god fucking <laughs> that, damn it you're so stop right it, stop you're it, so right every time like i know they're gonna every be like this time. is how i know these females only watch marvel listen <laughs> no because i don't listen, where did lapita's wagon come from i have to say this the funniest thing to me in this movie is that they upgraded the marvel disguise because they really expected <laughs> me to believe that they were gonna put lupita nyongo in some dorky glasses and this like <laughs> yellow dress and this is her disguise as if she's not one of the most beautiful women i've ever seen no i think they I were like, trying what? to make her look like a look college like a student? student yeah she yeah like, student. She, looked, she, like... she looked cute like it was cute. No, she, she looked like a grown woman no she looked like a grown woman i'm sorry not you didn't look like a student baby no. She's like, hi. She's like, hi. I'm Maria. I was like, the glasses. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just like I am a student at a high school. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She was so cute. I'm sorry. I want to talk about Nakia all day too, but we forgot to address something with Ruby real quick. Whenever she said that one line when Okoye was in that room, she was like, "What you need to be conscious about." Everybody was gagging what? Okoye everyone was in this dragging movie. Like, for was, no was Coogler, reason. Was Kugler against Okoye all of a sudden? Wait, like, no, everyone was wait, just why, did, why, did, why did Mbaku call her a bald-headed demon? No, because that was so disrespectful. <laughs> no, because I, I, I got to use that now. I'm like, I got to use that now. 
Everyone made in this movie. Like she was working so her ass her. off when she got fired. Yeah, I, I broke down. I broke down. Wait, wait, real quick. I do like how some people, like some of the elders, like they were scared, but they're yeah. also like they were trying to say something. Like they were writing for her. They were writing for her, and then Ramonda shut that shit down. Perhaps, um, and then and the queen read them. The queen said no. It was she, said, thing, this... her, she, she said her husband's still alive though, right? She can visit him. <laughs> Ooh, she can the husband said, no, no, because the ramifications of the first Black Panther movie come around yes. it's so frustrating because Okoye's character, we know what she's about. We know that she it isn't about yes. being loyal to Killmonger. She's loyal right. to the throne, the to throne. the the idea of the sanctity of Wakanda. So like to see her punished for that, I was like, girl, if anything, you should be thanking her. Like that's that, not not an, I'm not trying to be mean. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm just saying like that shows that she's a ride or die no matter what for your Let's idea. See. The the thing about Okoye in that whole situation is that I understand Queen Ramonda. She's completely valid in how she feels. But we, because it's like, of course, that's a healing reaction. She just lost Shuri and she warned you about it. Of course. Like, we're not going to pretend like she didn't tell you specifically. Do not do that. You did it. What happened, she said what happened. You know, work. But it's uh, it's hard for us as an audience because before this, we see her fighting her best. To yes. Try, like, yes. And then that scream, that yeah. final scream of a crowd, yes. like, no, no. Literally, when she was just standing on the bridge, I was like, oh, she got to go back to Wakanda. Yeah. Would it have went back? I would. <laughs> Zora, they would have hunted you down. They would have found you. No, but, no, listen. I would have kept trying to find her, but I would not have gone back without her. I'm like, I would die drowning in this water trying to get her back. Honestly, I go back and kill the people. I lost her. Her whole speech during yes. that, I was, I was like breaking down. I was like, there ain't no way. God, every every line. <laughs> Mbaku would have calmed down on how disrespectful he is in this movie because they're in here trying to talk about he's just like he's literally just like if the Jabbar me personally had I been there he wouldn't have just rolled up on y'all like that and left me personally you remember he was like they're literally like Mbaku he's like do y'all remember that time when Killmonger came in and then y'all let him beat up T'Challa and take the throne and like use your resources and then we had to come help y'all because I remember <laughs> like, like, he's he been waiting for this he's been I guess. could not get two words out before he was just roasting all of them. He's just like, it sounds sweet. Yeah. Like, y'all can't do y'all jobs. I just, Let's, I, like, whenever the uh, Talokans first went on the ship and the whole, like, oh. I love how they incorporated the kind of the lore of the sirens, like, with the singing at the yeah. beginning, that was this. so good. God. At first, I didn't know that there were sirens. I was trying to figure, I was like, are, I was literally like, are they doing that? Or is this, like, the movie soundtrack? Right, like, right, I right. Was trying, right. That's how well done it was. Where I was like, is, yes. is that the movie? Or is that, that like, it really just showed you that's how freaking like intimidating these guys are props to you props to you like that see that whole boat scene ah uh, it was terrifying um also one homegirl needs to put that gun down why was she so eager to just shoot the telecons like that nah that felt it that, wasn't gonna do anything it, it, yeah. it wasn't gonna do anything but still, i felt that in my trope, chest though. this is an action movie trope where it's like i shot this person 37 times and it did nothing surely one more bullet will do the trick like, like i'm not gonna blame homegirl because like to be fair like her whole ship was gone so like yeah. i'm gonna try everything in my power to like, so i like, get shout it shout out to nick fury trying to shoot out a plane like a bomb out of the sky with his pistol <laughs> like that's just how they roll but um i i'm i'm gonna say this i think namor probably had like one of the 
the best villain entrances I have ever seen in a while. Yeah. The, the way he just threw that helicopter down, you see the thunderclap, and he's just flying with his little wings. Mm-hmm. I was terrified. That I didn't, man was so fine. I, he was so fucking fine. Let's, <laughs> let's, so we're going to talk about looking. this later. We're going to talk about this later. But, like, uh, he he did so well in this movie, and I am <laughs> so, so ready for him to be in more projects. Don't look at me like that. Yeah. The next the next scene I really love, too, where Shuri's talking to Queen Ramonda, yes. and uh, one of the critiques this scene got was how dark it was. And I think that that was an intentional choice because it was supposed to mirror how Shuri is feeling in that moment. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it is supposed to be dark. It is. Yeah. It's intentional because... Shuri is is in this moment feeling lost and kind of that thing where Zora was saying where like they're trying to comfort her like I saw your brother I felt him in the wind and she's like no you didn't like you know and and it's it's I think it, it's an intentional choice and I thought it was a smart one because there are so many things like in the first Black Panther movie when they have the courtroom scene and you see the choice to make the camera go upside down and it's to mm-hmm. symbolize a, a change in in power this is the same thing where they're they're showing you a scene that is so dark because this is Shuri's mind right now with unprocessed yeah people. and then on top of that that makes Namor's entrance cooler because while he would have yeah. been intimidating at any time can you imagine it's just the middle of the night you have no weapons you're just chilling with your mama on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and he just rolls up and just like, yeah. hey, um, the I air is pristine. He showed up. He was like trying to be all calm. Like he had just walked through their like border that nobody's supposed to be so able to easy. get through he's like, in the middle of the night. And they're over here like, who are you? Where did you come from? And he's just like, and he's just wow. complimenting them. This like, like, oh my nice God, this is great. Like, this is you right y'all, here? Y'all like the nice setup Girl, for the power scaling of the mutants? You smell like roaches or nothing. Oh, yeah. You, you yes. like how they're power scaling the mutants? Because that's yes. where they're going to yes. be at. That's the Literally, level that they're going to be. When they were in the helicopter and it just stopped and then it like starts spinning and then it like zooms out to like Namor. Gra- I was like, damn. That's a little tease to what mutant kind is going to be like in the next. The next I can't I'm going to eat it up. I'm, I'm going to eat, eat it up. up. <laughs> right that, okay. I'm let's talk about the claim. Let's talk about this claim really quick. We're going to give it two minutes so that we can quickly debunk this because it, it, it did trigger me. The claim of why was Wakanda so weak uh, in this movie? First of all, let's, 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 let's talk about let's, let's, let's. I know exactly let's, that. Let's, let's i'm gonna i'm gonna calm down this is me this is me being calm let's talk about how wakanda was recovering from their old civil war basically end game infinity war all these things right not just that let's not pretend like they weren't going against someone that has their mystical <laughs> magical plant infused into their fucking dna see because it's stated Ew. multiple times that the telecons one namor keeps saying over and over again that we outnumber you. So first of all, no matter how strong you are, if you're getting jumped, like, <laughs> like there's nothing to do. There's nothing you can do about that. Number two, and number two, like habits, all of them have superpowers. Like the Wakandans, they have one person with superpowers, and everybody else well trained, but regular people. Right. Every single person on their team, we, we can't forget is about the like vibranium. Self healing, like, like you know what I mean. And then on top of that, let's not act like namor didn't commit a war crime when the movie started and go after the civilians first because they're literally just walking through the cities and there's like oh water what's the and then boom right. that's what messed me up because is- i was talking to clay and i was like i forget and they did the same thing with asgard but i forget if wakanda i'm like i forget there are just regular people who live there because we see so much of like the courtroom and the jabari tribe and we're seeing like all these warriors and stuff and like that is my mindset when i think of wakanda is the dora is the black panther i forgot about the regular people who just live there who are just going 
going to the market who are like going on a walk just and now going to get food like they're, and now you know they're what, drowning like you know what's, drowning. You know what's like hilarious people flying around like yeah you know what you know what's hilarious about this because I, I know exactly what happens to talk about i'm not going to name drop but like i, I know exactly what ha- who happens is talking about and i'm like for infinity war and endgame right also the fact that wakanda never knew about talakon either so they never knew anybody right. could breach their borders there's so no crap time running. it was right. an ambush no- every exactly. day of talakani and um military strategies were all ambushes they weren't just we're yes. just gonna walk up to you it was all ambushes so for you to be like ah oh, how did they get washed like that oh i don't know maybe because they have the same tech they're basically the same country and they have like the same what, did they, what did they really expect like, oh like, uh, come on underwater like, oh um people that live underwater with superpowers yeah. um are attacking us with no superpowers and what are we gonna do a, your town mm. has a river running right through it so it's just and the town is like surrounded by war water because they're attacking civilians they're not attacking military that's people. what i'm they're saying like, these are, and there's like it's hard to fight too when you are at the same time trying to protect your civilians because right. super right. villain 101 is like attacking regular people so that the hero has to fight you people like most of that fight scene is them just trying to evacuate people the right. fact that like everything like most like half the things that like wakanda was throwing at talukan was just getting destroyed like every single helicopter I, that are you sending me out why are you sending helicopters after the flying man that y'all just want also to be fair it's like they had the water cover they had the it's like bears right. like you know like how bears can swim and they can run and they can <laughs> climb trees and it's just it's like just, that's what they bore you're fighting the bear the you're just fighting a bear. He has every terrain covered. Like it's just like yeah. the funniest part was that people were trying to make it seem like the water bombs were ineffective and they're just water bombs. They're just a good old fashioned water bombs. Not you know, you know how much hit with high water pressure water. water? Yeah, it's almost like, like think like it's, think, like, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like if you jump off a bridge into yeah. water and it's high enough, it's gonna have the same impact. It's as gonna break asphalt. your bones. We also yeah. don't really know their technological also, advancements that much. We only really know. About Talokan and how Namor or Namor built the We don't the even need people, so yeah. technological advancements in real life. That's a tactic. Like, let's not act like police wasn't using water hoses to like severely yeah, injure and sometimes kill people. Like, water, you do not need that much water pressure to, to hurt somebody. And then you talk about on top don't of they, that, it knocks you in the water and you're drowning. Right. Don't they have like those little water, like, um, thingies that like cut metal? Yeah. Yeah. It was like super high pressure. Yeah. Like, no, nah, yeah. Every time I was like when I was watching it, it almost like some parts just mirrored like the first Black Panther movie to me. I can't like really explain it because like I don't want so- certain scenes like I remember that vividly in the first movie, but like a- only a tad bit of it was switched and stuff like that. And then also I just love how like I love Killmonger. I didn't I didn't know Killmonger was gonna like actually be in the movie. And I was like I loved how I love his like inclus includingness in there. That's like being like, hey Shuri, um, what are you gonna do? Spewing her mind and then Ramonda bring coming back to like, hey, let's not do that. I love I I stand with this. Shuri could have Shuri could have killed that man, Easily, but she yeah. didn't. Yeah, she didn't. She should have. She should have because. I'm not gonna let let's, no man fly away. Let's 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 chill. No, let's chill. No, no, no. She killed his. She oh, killed her God. mother in front of her and said, "You're the queen now." No. I just, I, I just get it I back in know. blood, like Killmonger said. Get it back said. in blood, like Killmonger said. Are you? Get Killmonger literally said, "Are you just gonna let him do that?" Because me personally, <laughs> mm-mm. I, I think that brings up the 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 that's like a natural segue to the next part because we're talking about the ambush and now we can talk about that is how did you guys feel about the the death of queen ramonda um fucking listen listen I... listen listen oh wait listen. I'm, I'm just, I'm... bro 
Um, no, listen, bro. When it first happened, I was in complete denial. I yeah. was completely like just in denial. Yeah. I was completely like, no, she's not. They're not killing off Angela. Yeah, I was like, keep those bees no, running. Keep off going. Angela. Stop <laughs> literally, it. Stop it. Literally, because, and I think it's like what I meant to say about this earlier is that I like that this movie had stakes where like yes. no character felt safe because yeah. that, that's a big problem in the MCU where like a lot of the movies either feel like they don't have stakes because you're not really concerned about the characters they're trying to make you concerned about or <laughs> it's just so obvious that a character is gonna die like before yeah. it ever happens like they just like usually set it up way too hard and so with Ramonda when it happened because it's like oh she's swimming and she has to like go back and rescue Ryu like she's fine and then like it cuts back to her just like look that was that was a horrible sight by the way her just like floating and like not moving like the just like just hanging mm -hmm. and I thought it did it was so it helped establish they like obviously I'm sad that she died it would have been cool for her to live yeah. but the way they did it makes is great because she died first of all trying to save Riri who, right. if you think about, like, the arc that Wakandans have gone on since the first film, where they're just like, we don't help anybody outside of us, that has nothing to do with us, where earlier they were telling her, like, we should kill the scientists or hand her over, and she was like, I don't know, maybe, and the only reason she really did it was because M'Baku was like, hey, I mean, if we do that, then what if he just keeps making demands from us exactly. in the future? Like, she, and, and then, like, even when, from what I remember, when Akoya's telling her that, like, Shuri was captured, she didn't even ask about, you know what I mean? So, like, her dying to save an outsider who really doesn't have anything to do with her, who technically would probably end all her problems if she just let her die, is, like, an arc in of it in it of itself for Wakanda and how far they've come for being like separation separatists and for even Ramonda and how she's kind of like if it doesn't have anything to do with my immediate family it has nothing to do with me so on that yeah. one it was good writing two again it helps with stakes because this establishes Namor as a threat because I'm sorry like when you only have side characters dying or extras dying like it doesn't really like I, and I don't want to be one of those people who's like you have to kill off important characters in every movie but it does establish him as a little bit more of a threat and it right. um really helps hammer in the conflict because it really is showing their lives would be so much easier if they just hand Riri over it fuels Riri to help because at first Riri's just out to save her own ass which is fair because she's 19 in college was just doing stuff for classes and she got sucked into all this but now she's like okay this woman who owes me nothing gave her life to save me the least I can do is try to help these people out like that's such a natural progression um it helps out of sex because Okoye and her never got to make up like, to me, that's always, if you want to make a character's death tragic, make them fall out with somebody and not have them make up before they die. Like, I would have loved for them to make up, but that also helped with stakes because we didn't get any, like, oh, like, I'm so, you know what I mean? Like, you're just sad because it's like, damn, like, she just died. It's and they were life. just on bad terms. It's <laughs> like, like real life. It's sad. It's also like, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a interesting situation because I feel like, I don't know, and this is my personal, and it might be a hot take, and this is a hill I'll die on. I, I don't know. I'm kind of team Namor did not kill Queen Ramonda. I, I honestly feel like, yes, out of the action he set up, absolutely. I mean, it, I'm not going to be delusional and say, like, she drowned herself. Obviously, he, he threw it there, yeah. But midway between that, she had a choice for herself where she could have said, hey, I can save myself or I can save this girl. And at that point, she made her choice and I'm willing to respect her decision in terms of saving Riri because the movie tells us, hey, like how dare you try to take that away from her? And by saying it in a way where like, 
Namor did this thing to her. I feel like it makes her in this, or it paints her in this, like, in this, like, I don't know, like, defenseless, or, like, she didn't have a choice, in, or not, not like that, I guess, but, like, it paints her in this way where, like, her choice doesn't matter, I guess. Like, that's... I, I see where you're coming from. I still, I mean, I feel like it's definitely his fault, because, like, he started right. all this. He was, like, demanding the death of... And it's not even, like, him just demanding the death of Riri. He literally was just trying to, like, coerce them into, like, helping him do whatever he wanted. So they would have always been in debt. Like, he literally... Well, like, was, like, intimidation. He used intimidation. Tell anyone else, I'll do this if you tell anyone about our existence. I'll do this if you don't help us go to war. So it seems like it was always going to come down to, like, where she was... She or anybody else was going to be put in danger. And then him just standing up there and be like, oh... Like, he waited for Shuri to show up and be like, oh, you're the queen now. So, like, like obviously, he wasn't sorry about it. But I understand what you're saying, where you want to give Ramonda her agency. So, it's not like she was just, like, killed off by some afterthought. Like, she chose to give up her right. life. And I think that's an important thing to remember. Uh, and right. I know you're not saying this, but I just am not ready oh, no, for I'm not. I'm not. I want to be clear. I want to be clear. Yeah. Absolutely clear. I am not trying to say, like, Team Namor is not a villain or that. Because I've, I've seen those takes as well. And they do hammer this point pretty hard and that's not what i'm trying to say at all like i feel like we need to get used to villains having sympathetic backstories or backstories that are complex or written well and we're not able to dissect that they are still villains like the i know what you're trying to say i get it like he's an anti-hero in the comics he looks out for his best interest ultimately in this movie he was the villain that is how it well, works like I, that again like looking at it from a global perspective i mean He's a villain to the people, of course, who the anti or the the heroes of this movie. Yes, but he's still very morally gray. I mean, on a global sense, because you look at people who were close to invading his hometown. Therefore, mm -hmm. he took that. so he is very much an anti-hero because he is a hero to his people in a sense. So, I mean, I like I I love what they did with this character. I like the fact that they hammered in that he's not just he's not a good person. Like he is very much he is a gray kind of character, and that's what I really like that they committed to. Because I mean, we have plenty of movies where they had people i.e gore who were villains and at the end they just kind of conceded for like a, a light i don't say a light reason but like a reason that was like okay like you couldn't have done this from the jump so it's just like but i just i, I really like i just think that we can't ignore not only did he have actions that had villainous ramifications but also he was willing to sacrifice riri's life this is the same kind of formula we've seen where yes your reasonings for this are good but ultimately you were trying to sacrifice Riri, and that isn't something that. But I'm saying, before his people, for his people, for him and his people, that was a logical answer. Because okay, even if she does survive, she's going to build another one, or she's like she I, I has you. that house to build another one. You know, no, I, I hear you. Yeah, and that's my thing too. Where I was just like that alone, that alone. Even though I would have been irritated, I've been like, okay, like I see what you're trying to do, but also yeah. at the end of the day. His end goal was to eventually kill everyone on the surface yeah, world yeah, yeah. and then set up Telokan, or not Telokan, but set up Nomura as a, like, basically the only country in the entire world. So it's it's not even like it would have stopped there. Like, that was my thing yeah. with, like, Wakanda, where, like, even Mbaku, like, predicted it. It's like, it's not going to stop with us giving him the scientists. He's just going to, like, keep making demands and trying to, like, bully us into it. And then right. we see how he was talking towards the end that he still fully intends to do that. He's just going to be a bit smarter about it because he's like, okay, you know, this isn't just like some rinky dink country. Like, yeah, we probably could have had them, but like they, you know. <laughs> Which is why Shuri had the right idea when she first uh, took the herb and all that and met with Killmonger. 
Um, yeah, I think I've, she should have mass produced that and gave it to everybody. I don't know why she only. No, I don't. Like, I actually don't think that. It's giving that Thor Love and Thunder. It's giving Thor. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> to my you point, know I thing, hate that I, it, scene so much. Why would you say that? We're, we're going from we're going we go we went from Thor Love and Thunder to Wakanda Forever, which is like a great piece of cinema. Then we're going back to Ant-Man, which I don't think outside of Kang will be that good. That's just me. <laughs> but that's a story for another day. I can but... see it. I thought you were going to talk trash about the original Ant-Man story. Go ahead. No, no. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, when it comes to when it comes to um, Shuri and her herself in like when she met with Killmonger, um, when she took the herb and all that and like she had the, like, the whole ritual, like their version yeah. of the ritual. Um, I was like, this is... Shuri can be the right way to do things that Killmonger never really understood. She can be the empathetic version of what Killmonger was supposed to be. And that's like understanding that going too far is going too far, but we still need to get it back in blood. You know what I mean? And she did in her own way, even though I would have preferred her to off Namor, but I get it. We love Namor. Or at least to I love try. Because like they can't kill Namor yeah, off they, so yeah, early right, in the right. MCU. Right. Like they can't get <laughs> rid of him so early. I think I that with it. Shuri though, that it was more than just like, like, killing name or like you know what i mean like the thing about it is that you can't run wakanda with no access to water like name no tells her she's he says if i discover a single wakandan ship in the ocean right so who's to say that this this won't continue or that they're always gonna have to fear for their lives anytime you have ocean access you need that to trade to run like uh, a mm-hmm. foreign country you need that so it's like it's more of a practical decision of being like yeah. That's why I was telling, I was talking to Clay about this earlier too, where I was like, as much as that that annoys me in every film, I'm not going to put it out against Wakanda forever. Because my only irritations with the movie were, were one, like the whole like, oh, like revenge is bad and you're just as bad as that other person. And then the thing where like, of course, the villain has to be some like radicalized person who just, you know, like, like I, I like that. Wants that's to destroy story, everyone, but has good intentions. That yeah. storyline irritates me that like radicalized person with good intentions who's always just going to go way too far and then like the other minorities have to like protect like the people who've been oppressed like I but that's such a common storyline especially in the MCU that I can't even fault Wakanda forever for it because it's like they are not alone we- yet. like everyone has that thing but I will say if they had to go that direction I prefer the Wakanda forever thing where at least for Shuri it was more of we're gonna keep this war is gonna go on too long we're gonna basically kill each other off like like it's showing like her seeing her people struggling and her people dying and then her realizing like this is not gonna stop and so her like letting him go was less of an i forgive you or less of a i don't want to be as bad as you and more of a just for practicality purposes to, to to basically to be fucking for real for a moment like i gotta put this aside so that yeah. I can save my people and rebuild. And if we have to deal with this at another time, so be it. But for now, M'Baku is right. It's... Like, we can't just throw people into this never-ending war. Who pointed it out? He's like a god to them. Even if she had killed him, that wouldn't have stopped the war. They would have been extra mad because they would have been like, right. oh, you killed our leader. You guys suck. <laughs> so, again, like, I'm not always the fondest of that story type, but I think Wakanda Forever did it in the best way possible, where it wasn't, like, on Shuri to be the bigger person, but it was more on her to, like, put her anger aside and do what was best for everyone, including herself, which is the mark of a good leader, which is why I was happy that Homeboy Killmonger came back in the way that he did. 
because we were talking before about how everyone wanted Killmonger to be the new Black yeah, Panther yeah. so bad. And I think that scene, the way he came back, shows why he would have been a terrible Black exactly. Panther. Because yes, exactly. he does get stuff done, but yes, he also does not know when to stop. And that's what Clay was saying, where no they're, yeah. they're starting Shuri on this path. That, and that was the thing where, again, like T'Challa told him, he was like, you will burn everything, Wakanda included. So he would have gone after Homeboy, but like he would have just kept going until Wakanda just didn't exist anymore and he wouldn't have cared. And so I do want to see in the future them really build on this thing that Clay was saying to where she's not as much of like, I don't want to say a pacifist, but you know, as much as T'Challa was where she's like, we always have to be the bigger person in every situation, no matter what the consequences, but also taking some of um, thing and, you know, like just being more of a balance. This movie set it up for that better than other media. Again, I must shade the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So even before getting to the point about Killmonger, I think that Shuri had a lot of parallels with T'Challa, but in the sense that like she she's and so she could choose another option than what T'Challa chose. Because even before we get to Killmonger, we see that she has this whole exploration of Talokan and she has empathy for people that she knows like she's held captive. And whenever yeah. Nakia comes to Avery, like she has empathy for this woman that she shot. But even before that, whenever she's like seeing Talokan and she's understanding Namor's perspective. And like, we didn't even talk about like Namor's origin here, what where he like the whole um that was thing, he, he kills every like he kills all of them and then he gets his name by by the priest saying Nino Sinamod, which was amazing in my opinion. Um, but that whole thing yes. was great. And we see Shuri really get an understanding, like, okay, so like I would like to see things burn because like I had stuff taken away from me as well. Yes, but like I can't agree with what you're saying because that's just not what we're using our resources for. We're no better than them. Like she I mean, that realization was made last movie. So like I like that, like she was understanding that. Like obviously she again, she could sympathize and empathize with Namor's intentions, but she was still like it, I mean, it took her mother, you know, dying for her to really like go over the edge for a second and then she wrote it back in. But I do like that she still had that experience to a different opinion other than we must not choose revenge because obviously like you know that was understood but it was still like you know she needed that kind of extra i i kind of also like that the the movie did highlight like in the shuri versus namor thing that like yes they view him as a god and it's easy to see why because like when you view something like him being able to build the sun for his people like out of vibranium he's able to do something that because remember the eternals whole thing is that erishim's whole design is him being able to build suns through the destruction of planet generating heat life so blah 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 blah. but Namor is able to do this for his people and bypass most of that and it's like it's like easy to see why they view him as a god because of that alone and then to see Shuri I think it kind of highlights the you would have won the small term battle between you and Namor but when you look at that ship how do you think those soldiers would have reacted to finding out their god is dead in that moment it would have been a martyr for them and they the Wakandans were cornered almost every unnamed Wakandan was already basically dead on that ship so they would have either been pushed off that ship and we would have been left with about five Wakandans you know what I'm saying because the ones that can fly like the midnight angel suits and all that so it's like I, I think that the movie had a good a good way of showing like that message one more sorry one more thing i wanted to highlight like the introduction of follow gun and the the music and the vibe with that was just like that was so ethereal Eth- oh ethereal. my god yes a figure real shut up shut up <laughs> 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 yeah, the, the Talokan visuals were really, really stunning. Towards the end, um, the third act, and I know we're still on that subject, but I wanted to get to like the post-credit um 
part, like the mid credit scene, because like that, I don't think there's a better way. People were mad, right? And I'll just say people were upset with the situation, but no one was going to be. I don't want to preface this segment. No one was going to be happy, no matter what exactly. they did. No one was going to be happy. They could have left it completely alone and just made it seem like like that. That's it. That's all. People would have been mad. People would have recasted them. People would have been mad. But like the way they did it, they did a the softest recast possible, where they put yeah. his essence basically into a child and said here this is his legacy in this child this child will grow up and will take on the stories that he would have took t- took on exactly. yet um hadn't passed away so i love i think that was the perfect the absolute perfect way they can do things in my opinion because it not only sets t'challa aside well sets t'challa jr aside to, so we can like you know still grieve about like t'challa passing and we can t- get time and you know five ten years later they can we can revisit the t'challa jr but it also sets up the storyline of him and potentially a young storm when they both age up together maybe they can get together you know what i mean we can still have that storyline of um of storm and t'challa and I, I really wanted them to go into that and unfortunately you know chadwick passed and all that and like you know they had nakia in the first black panther movie but i really wanted to, to dive into like storm and t'challa's relationship and they could still do that now because now you got t'challa jr waiting in the ranks until the mutant saga comes along and he'll be aged up by then so i thought that was the absolute perfect way to do things i got a feeling i don't know like what how things are going to go but like i'm just using like the precedence of knowing like multi storm and Tatala's kids like tend to be multiversal heroes or whatever so i don't know like i just have a feeling going into secret wars i like i don't because currently he's six so that's gonna take a while to age up i have a yeah. feeling they might you know pull a multiversal thing he comes back kind of like uh jonathan kent he goes in young comes back old kind of thing i don't know if they're doing that i just think that'd be an interesting way of going about yeah it. but it, i think it's gonna be some like secret wars i think there's gonna be a significant like not yeah a, like a time i think he's gonna be like at least 16 17 by the time secret wars comes up i i do think they're gonna True. do a significant time jump at some point in my okay. Opinion. um and then after we also got to think about after like secret wars after all that's over how far are they going to go into things is everything going to be reset because i have a feeling that they're going to do some minor like everything's going to be reset yeah a soft, soft reboot yeah. type of thing because that's going to be the end that's going to be a bigger ending than the previous one we went through with well, Endgame. a lot of so, not only that like a lot of actors are like kind of aging out of their roles so i just feel like that is probably the best move going forward yeah so like maybe they go on with the legacy and the young avengers kind of come become the avengers and then the avengers that we currently have because they're getting older Older, are probably going to just be like that's it for them like we got to think about like the elizabeth olsons and the um anthony mackies and all the, they're going to get older and they're not going to want to keep doing this role after secret yeah. wars so we got to think the the avengers that we currently know are all probably going to be gone and it's going to be replaced by the younger team so like that i think they're going to do a significant time jump and they're going to maybe bring t'challa jr in as like the mm-hmm. new ruler of wakanda because maybe like shuri's um actor probably moves on too so yeah i definitely also love the dynamic between shuri and ironheart like that was that was something that i was really liking to see because it was kind of sisterhood yeah like not just that that too but it was also giving me yeah, like, a little like, of, like tony stark and um like peter kind of but just like like to see shuri be like the mentor sort but of better you know? yeah like obviously but better <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but that was that was interesting i loved seeing that aspect as well um i think i i want to see them in the future and i think we will i think because yeah. i think riri I would love to see. I know Riri's supposed to be on the Young Avengers. I would love to see Riri as just an Avenger. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest Mickey. with you. I, I I think she belongs on the adult squad. I I don't. Maybe that's just me. I think her and Shuri will be great together on that current squad in in Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. And I would just love to see their chem. Their chemistry is automatically just clicking. Like it was automatically cool. clicking for me. So I was like. I want to see more of them too. And I want to see them like build together. I want to see like, and I love the fact that they didn't love, like, like let 
Riri take the suit home. I'm, I'm yeah. glad that they didn't let her do that because I wanted the Ironheart series to be like kind of like a, a fresher. I wanted to see her build something on her own and taking that that vibranium because I'm pretty sure it may not have been vibranium, but it, it probably was. I don't know. The whole movie was home. about the whole movie was about them getting her technology without her permission. Like I don't think that would have been like the best move. Like let's yeah, go with the suit. no exactly. Like she would have had an even bigger target on her back going back to a that country would have been stolen for that it. Scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, on that point, I feel like, I don't know, I hope they do put into the, the Avengers as well. I don't know, because she was more so on the Champions, correct? Correct. And I, I want the Champions, not the Young Avengers. That, just putting right. that in there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like the Young Avengers. The Champions are, they're they're more interesting and they're better and their characters are more diverse. And yeah, that's yeah. that's just my plug. <laughs> plug the Champions. Um, I guess, like, with this movie, I mean, I I don't know. How do you guys feel it? it works as like a tribute to Chadwick. I mean, do you guys see the 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 heart behind it or like how do you how do you guys feel after seeing can, it? Can we get our give our can we give our ratings with it? Yeah. I mean, up to you guys. I'm going to personally skip out on these just cuz I don't really want to give it a numerical rating. Um, okay. Okay. But that's up to you. Um I think that this movie was so full of heart. I think it was a great tribute to Chadwick um because it allowed us to mourn Chadwick and then it also allowed us to like move on into that new Black Panther role um so it wasn't like you know, you know what I mean I think it just did a healthy balance of both of allowing us to remember Chadwick and T'Challa and to mourn them and to be sad that they are no longer going to be part of it but then to also show all the doors that T'Challa and Chadwick opened up for the MCU moving forward. Um, and I like that every character got to grieve T'Challa in their own way. It wasn't the same for anybody, yeah. which I think is very realistic. And I like to see the influence that he had on other people because I joked about M'Baku like still being disrespectful, but you can tell that like T'Challa had like a positive influence on his character going forward. We got to see how T'Challa affected like his mother. Like I said, when she literally gave her life to save an outsider who had nothing to do with her country or her immediate family. Like, that's very much to me, like, an influence of T'Challa, of just, like, every character. So I think it did a great job of, like, both acknowledging the passing of the character and actor as well as allowing us to, like, move forward from them and be grateful of everything that they were able to make possible. Right. I agree. Um, I agree with everything Zora said. Oh, and 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with everything Zora said. I mean, this movie... Like, to, to harp on Zora's point real quick, this movie was called Wakanda Forever. There was a heavy emphasis on Wakanda. And as such, you can really see that uh, T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman really had an impact on Wakanda as a whole. And so we kind of see that trickling through the whole of the country. Um, other than that, I think this tribute was, I, I think it was like the best way possible to do this. It kind of makes me upset to see people say that, you know, this was only for marketing or for profit. They're, they're like trying to profit. Yeah. One, you're delusional to think that any movie being made by Disney is not going to be made for profit, first of all. Second of all, it's this movie was made by people that were actually like close and friends with Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, so I forgot say, who it was, but one of the actors said that like it was the movie was therapeutic for them because yeah. it allowed them to mourn Chadwick like through the process. Exactly. So, the process was also ran through by Chadwick's family, I believe. Right. As well. Right. Multiple oh. times. And a quote by I saw this on 3C Films video. But he put up a quote by Stan Lee saying that, you know, Marvel Comics is kind of posed up, poised up to uh, show what's going out on right outside your window. So I think to ignore what happened in real life to a character, to an actor that portrayed a really good character would be such a disservice. You know, he impacted everyone. That's why we're still talking about him today. So I think that was handled beautifully. There was more than enough silence. Like there was there was ample silence in the film to honor him in the beginning and in the end. Um, and having uh, Rihanna sing along or sing, like Rihanna's song at the end of that, like really just 
out of the waterworks, you know? Um, overall, really good movie. Again, I'm going to say 10 out of 10 for me. It was, uh, it built up what Black Panther did, but elevated it more. So I just, I love everything about this movie. I can't wait, wait to rewatch oh, it. I'm, I'm going to give it a 2 out of 10. I didn't like it. <laughs> Thought it was bad. Terrible. No, I'm just playing. Cut um, his mic. <laughs> <laughs> Have us the but, um, but, um, no, seriously, yeah. Yeah, it's a, I feel like, like Habit said, when I asked him, like, the numerical rating, you really can't put a numerical rating on something like this other than a 10 out of 10. It just feels I weird, can. you know, because it's, it's, it's obvious, it's an obvious tribute type of thing, you know what I mean? It's special. It's it's a special thing. It's not like your average, it really isn't your average comic book movie because it's just so much emotion tied yeah. to it. And I'm it's just like... It's not like other films. Yeah. <laughs> um and like i don't know i just from beginning to end i love how they handled um the chadwick situation i said i i love the mid-credit scene i know people are going to be iffy about it i loved how they handled that specifically because it wasn't disrespectful but at the same time it carried on the legacy of the comic book character it did it managed to find a way to win on both sides and i, I was just right. i was amazed because I, I didn't think they would be able to do it and like with putting all that together it, it actually wraps a bow on phase four as a whole and i want i really mm -hmm. wanted to just touch on on that real quick that like it, it really just tied a knot on like what phase four was about grief it, it was about grief it was literally just like kind of like trying to rebuild after endgame or rebuild after like a tragic moment like sure he had to it was just all about grief and i think phase four for all that the the haymakers it gets from so many people and how bad it is and how bad the production is how bad the stories are i think it was one of the better phases certainly better than phase two in my opinion um but like I just, I just think it, it was one of the better phases and like i think something like this i hope they lean into this maybe with better but like this has to do with just the industry thing with the vfx and all that but i think i want them to lean into phases like this more you know what i mean yeah. with more projects i love the way they laid out this phase especially with wakanda forever so 10 out of 10 of course i guess like with mine i don't really like i want to be clear when i say that i don't want to give it a numerical thing it's not like a I don't know, like, because I, I was saying this on my video, a video I made, because for those who don't follow us on our lives, like, day day, we're all TikTok creators. Um, and on my video, someone said, like, there's a reason you're not giving it a numerical score. And it's really not a, it's not a thing about, like, the movie being worse or better. It's just that I don't really want to play this game. Like, I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, kind of like Clay said, it's not your average Marvel movie. It's handling so much. And for it to work on a story level, an emotional level, uh, a, a tribute level i feel like it really speaks for itself and if you are picking up the energy i'm putting down you know the score i would give it so you know that's that's how i feel about it um we'll but see no, no in the saga only yeah. other thing is um i just would like to plug the album great artists great music oh. really they they knocked out of the park again no surprise again. yeah <laughs> right <laughs> Thank you for watching Geeks and Peaks, and we'll see you next time on our next podcast. Work.